Welcome to another exciting word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. You ready for the word? <laughs> Open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. Okay? Luke chapter 5. You know, uh, I'm, today my title of my message is The First Coming of Christ. Maybe I'll make that plain before we get out of here. But I've listened to a lot of TV preachers and preachers on the internet, and I've been to a lot of conferences and, uh, and, 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 and gone to a lot of churches, and from time to time, you know, I, I, I take notes, you know, whenever somebody else is preaching, and I compare Scripture with Scripture like you're going to do today. You're going to, you know, you're going to listen to what I say, and you're going to think about what I say, and then you're going to believe some of it and not believe some of it. Hello? That's life. You're going to say, you know, that's pretty good, some of the things you said, but then some of you are going to leave here and say, well, yeah, but it might be a little different. I see that a little different, you know, rather than once saved, always saved, you know, you can lose your salvation or, or, or you know, Jesus is coming pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. Well, no matter what I were to preach on it, somebody's going to have a little something different to say about it. Is that right, Pastor Vaughn? That's true. Because we go through the Word of God in our head, right, right, Pastor Mike? I mean, uh, this guy knows the Word of God. And any time he hears a preacher, he's, he's chunking out stuff and including stuff. He's adding stuff and taking stuff away. That's just the way you do. And it's not a bad process. We need to protect what we think. We need to protect what we believe. That's not a wholly bad process. Okay? It's important that we, that we uh, know what the preacher is saying and whether it is, it is you know, uh, exactly what we believe or, do, or, or is it some other little shade. You know, I often come away saying to myself, well, you know, uh, they had some good things to say, but that's not exactly the way I believe it. That's not you know, exactly how I understand it. I see it a little different. Uh, I think this is a common practice, and I realize that, that, that uh, people you know, will leave my last best sermon uh, having decided how much of what I said that they're going to embrace, live, do, or just put it into a good category, or, 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 or maybe oh, that was the Word of God for me. You know, try again. For some of you, that was the Word of God. And for some of you, uh, you're probably saying, yeah, but, you know, there's just a certain amount of time, you know, I mean, you know. No doubt it will happen today, and every person must be persuaded. You need to be persuaded of the truth in your own heart. You know, uh, no one else can be your Holy Ghost. Nobody else. Don't ever let anybody else be your Holy Spirit. Okay? No one else can guide you into all truth. And, and no one else will stand at the great judgment seat and answer for you but you. So you need to pretty much be persuaded what you believe. And you need to have a reason why you believe it. Uh, uh, for that reason, you want to be sure that your faith and your practice lines up with the truth of God and that your, your, your life is standing on the solid rock of the truth of God's Word and not on anybody else's opinion. It's important, very important. But while we're thinking that, can you imagine what it would be like to have Jesus as a pastor? Can you imagine what it would be like 
let's just put ourselves back 2,000 years in the, in, the, in, in the region of the Galilee and imagine that Jesus was preaching in a church and we went to that church and that he was the pastor. Can you imagine what it would be like having Jesus as a pastor? Can you imagine what it would be like hearing him preach? Can you imagine what it would be like going to his Sunday school class? Can you imagine what it'd be like uh, getting an, a, a counseling appointment with Jesus? And you go in and say, this is wrong with my marriage. And he says, okay, this is what you need to do to fix it. Can you, ima can you imagine what it would be like to have Jesus as a pastor? Well, let me tell you, you'd still leave there saying, well, some of it I believe and some of it I don't. Because that's what happened to him. <laughs> that's exactly what happened to him. People would listen to him preach, and then they'd say, well, some of it I believe, some of it I don't. I think Moses said it a little different. You know, we believe this. You know, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Herodians, you know, the, 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 the scribes, the lawyers, the priests, they all had a different opinion. They would hear him preach and go, well, I don't know. It's not exactly like that. Now, that's what you'd do if Jesus was your pastor. Isn't that hard to imagine that, he's, that we're the best he has? Think about it. Wow. Uh, well, Susie, uh, he said some good things, but, you know, some of the things he said, I just don't see that way. I see a little differently. You know, uh, by the way, you can't see it differently than Jesus said it and still be right with God. <laughs> Boy, this is good. I, I, that, that was a zinger, wasn't it? You cannot see it different than Jesus said it and still be right with God. Boy, that's, that's, that's true. However, Jesus contended with this type of behavior all the time. As I said, just the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and, and all the other C's, uh, they, they, they said, we sees it different. <laughs> I just threw that in. Wasn't that funny? A little cultural misappropriation there, but that's all right. <laughs> well, some people believed that Jesus was a teacher. Some people believed he was a prophet. Some people imagined he might even be Messiah. Uh, but they would still say, we don't believe it like that. We think Moses meant it a little different. It's not quite right. Um, I think if I heard Jesus preach a sermon, especially knowing who he is, especially after this death, burial, and resurrection thing, I think if I heard Jesus preach a sermon, I think I would just say, that's the God's honest truth. That's the God's honest truth right there. Luke chapter 5 in verse 1, reading from the New King James Version, the Bible says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about to hear the word of God from Jesus, that Jesus stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Then Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon Peter's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And Jesus sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. What an experience to have heard Jesus 
teach the word of God. The multitudes pressed in to hear Jesus teach the word of God. I love the fact that Jesus was teaching the word of God. I love that. You know, I mean, come on now. He's Jesus. He, he is, you know, the King of kings and Lord of lords. But yet when he preached, he preached the word of God. When he, you know, he didn't need to get his sermons out of Reader's Digest. He went straight to the Word of God. You know, he, he didn't need to, 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 to add to it. He just preached the Word. I love that. He's our example. Uh, and, and, and so people pressed in to hear it. Now, Luke does not give us any insight as to the outline or the conclusion of the message that day. Luke skips on to what happens after Jesus preaches and how he calls his disciples and they let down their nets and, and they, they, you know, they got a bunch of fish and they were so excited they left everything and followed him. So we do not have what Jesus preached. We don't have the outline. We don't have the conclusion uh, of, 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 of what he preached that day. But no doubt his message contained some critical keys of life. No doubt Jesus was telling them some things they needed to hear so that they could live a victorious life, so that they could live a righteous life, a life that was pleasing to God, so that they could end up, you know, having a better life because that's just what Jesus did. He preached the Word of God that taught them how to live a life pleasing to God. And, and uh, he didn't waste his time on politics. I out, out of all the things I heard Jesus say, I never heard him preaching politics. He preached the Word of God. Oh, that was a good one, too, for all you preachers on politics out there. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season. Jesus preached the word, and, and, and nowhere, uh, no, he, he just didn't waste time on these transient issues of the day. You know, did he have an opinion? Yes, he's God, but his opinion happens to be truth and fact. And he knew the truth and the fact was, is that people need to please Jesus. The real problem is, is that people are lost. They need to be saved. They need to turn their life over to God. And, uh, uh, you know, Jesus had a job to do. He had a limited time in which to do it. And uh, he took every opportunity. And his words meant something. He, he's the truth. He took time to talk to the multitudes. He chose topics and he chose his words very seriously. He just didn't waste his time, uh, you know, uh, Nowhere in the scriptures do we see Jesus wasting time on light, transient, or passing issues of life. And even though we don't have an outline of this specific sermon from Luke 5 on record, we do have the exact words of another sermon that Jesus preached a little later. Just a little later, only less than a half a mile away. Up on a mountain called the Mount of Beatitudes, we have a, 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 a sermon that he preached that would no doubt have been a confirmation and complimentary to the sermon he preached in Luke 5 to the multitudes. He preached to the multitudes in Matthew 5 just a little bit later. 
And uh, uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 5, if we would, uh, because it's this same group of people that Jesus is preaching to. Uh, It's the multitudes there in the the Galilee region. And uh, since we know that Jesus was not sending mixed messages, he didn't preach one day you can and next day preach you can't, you know. Uh, he, he, He wasn't all over the place. He had a goal. We can confidently know that the the sermon in Matthew chapter 5 would have been complimentary and confirming to what he had earlier done with the same group in Luke chapter 5. And so uh, without, without uh, belaboring that point, let's look just a moment at, 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 at just the first three points of this sermon. It's a rather lengthy sermon, but the first three points of this sermon, this is Jesus' sermon, and he's, and, 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 and he's giving us some real keys to life and Uh, surely this morning okay surely as much as you know about jesus surely you won't be one of those that leaves this morning and says well i believe a little different because this is not my message we're gonna be reading his message okay this is jesus preaching okay i think i think as much as we know about jesus we probably ought to go okay this is the God's honest truth then. All right. Matthew chapter 5. Uh, first point that Jesus taught is, uh, is, 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 is a real question. Point one, uh, how can you be blessed? This was his first point. Okay. How can you be blessed? Well, evidently this is pretty important to Jesus. You being blessed and knowing how to be blessed is pretty important to Jesus if it's the number one point on his sermon this day. He's got multitudes. He's got limited time. He knows he needs to impact them. And the first thing he wants them to know is they can be blessed. You know, that's the first thing that God told Abraham. It's the first thing. In fact, it's perhaps the only thing that Abraham even knew about God is that God will bless you if you do what he says. That's how to be blessed by God, by the way. You want to know how to be blessed? Jesus is going to tell us. In fact, he's going to say it nine times. (laughs) He's going to give... Nine categories of people who are blessed. So if you want to be blessed, you need to be in that category. You need to be one of these nine categories of people. I mean, this is his sermon, not mine. Okay? His first point was an attention getter. Okay? You want to know how you can be blessed? Okay? Verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. As opposed to the proud and the haughty and the arrogant. Okay. Number four. Blessed are those who mourn. God loves a broken and a contrite heart. Those who carry the burdens for other people. Number, uh, verse 5, blessed are the meek. He's going to do this nine times. How can you be blessed? Well, won't you be a little more humble? Oh, come on there. This is good stuff. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Are you hungry to be right with God? Do you thirst to be right with God? Is that something that you, you know, when you're hungry and you're thirsty, you think about it all the time. I mean, I'm hungry all the time, and I think about food all the time. Between 9.30 or 8.30, whatever time it was on your clock last night, (laughs) I said my clock's up a little early, And, and, and bedtime, I ate three times, three full meals. Couldn't help myself. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. 
But I think about it all the time. That's what he's talking about. Somebody that when they're hungry, they think about it all the time. They think about it. They think about it. They think about it. I mean, when you're thirsty, don't you think about it? Are your lips dry right now? You're going to start thinking about it right now. Oh, man, come on. Mm, Yeah. You think about it. You'll think about it another ten times before we get out of here. Those are the people for righteousness. When you think about it all the time, you think about it, you're you're craving it. Uh, uh, Verse 7, blessed are the merciful. Well, you want to be blessed? Let me tell you how you be blessed. Be merciful. Okay? Have some mercy. Have some mercy on those people walking down the side of the road. Have some mercy on those people sitting, uh, sitting in, 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 in the parking lots. We were driving through a parking lot, me and Brenda were, uh, uh, last week sometime. And I stopped and pulled around, and I, I, I took some money out of my pocket, and I, 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 I said, here, give this lady uh, this. And she was uh, sitting there in the parking lot, and, and Brenda gave it. And now, we don't ever expect to get to the last one in the line. We just expect to get to the next one in the line. You've got to have some compassion. You've got to have some mercy. You know, you don't know what people go through. But, but I know what I gave her. I didn't go through too much to get that. You know, uh, you know verse, uh, verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart. Uh, verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers. <laughs> Boy. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us all. Verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Well, I don't want to be blessed that bad. (laughs) Verse 11, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely. By the way, that's falsely, by the way. Okay, that's not not people who are saying things about you that you actually did. (laughs) But falsely for my sake. Okay, listen, you want to be blessed? Jesus gave you nine ways to be blessed. That was his first point. Uh, uh, God wants to bless you, and here are nine categories of people that you could step into one of these and be blessed by God. Wow. Point number two, he says, be happy when you're blessed by God. That's what he said. Uh, Verse 12, next verse. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Come on, get excited, somebody, that somebody's talking about you because you love Jesus a little too much. Because you're just a little too hungry and a little too thirsty for righteousness. Because you're just a little too merciful. Because you're just a little too humble. Because you're trying to make peace and everybody else is trying to cause problems. Everybody else sees it and wants to go fight it, and you see it and you want to make peace. Come on now, get, and, and they just can't stand you. Well, get happy, get excited. <laughs> this is not me preaching this hymn. You can believe what you want. Be exceedingly glad, he said, for great is your reward in heaven, for this is exactly how they treated the prophets and persecuted the prophets who were before you. Point number three. You can make a difference. I like that. By the third point, he's gotten down to what you can make a difference. You know? Now, you want to know how to be blessed? Yeah. And, and, and be happy now whenever other people you know, aren't happy with you being blessed. <laughs> and then... You can make a difference. That's what he said in verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. You can make a difference. 
You can make a difference. You can provide something someone else needs in order to season their life right, in order to make their life better. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. You can shine a light for people. You can be the light in the darkness. You can be the light in the situation. You can be the hope in the situation. You can make a difference. You are the salt and you are the light. I mean, he's telling them, you know, yes, you want to know how to be blessed? Be merciful. Be a peacemaker. Be humble. You want to know how to be blessed? And uh, yeah, well, be happy when people aren't, aren't happy with you being blessed but believe me you can make a difference if you'll just be the salt of the earth if you'll be merciful you'll be the salt of the earth if you'll be kind you will be the light of the world if you will be a peacemaker you will be the light of the world you can do this you can make a difference verse 16 let your light so shine before men that other may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven now Jesus's outline here with his subpoints. It continues for three whole chapters, 111 verses, over 2,500 words, over a two-hour teaching. That's what Jesus was doing, telling people how to be blessed. You need to be happy whenever people don't like you being blessed. And you need to make a difference. And he went on telling them for over two hours that they need to stop swearing and they need to go the extra mile and they need to love their enemies and they don't need to be doing good deeds so that they can be seen by others but do your good deeds in secret he told them they needed to pray he told them how to pray he told them they needed to be uh, forgiving people he told them to lay up treasure in heaven by doing things for others he told them to stop worrying about material things he told them don't don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. He told them to quit judging others. He told them that not everyone who says they're saved is saved, but rather those that actually do the things that a saved person does. And he, 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 he said, uh, you know, simply, one of his conclusions, just do what I say. For two hours he preached, and yet people left there. You know, some left there saying, man, that was good. And others left there going, well, I don't know. He made the Pharisees so mad, they tried to find a way to kill him. That's not happening to me today, but if it was not preaching the word of God, I'm supposed to be happy. <laughs> Chapter 7, the last couple of verses of his message Verse 28, 29, and so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as one of the scribes, not as the scribes. He, of course he did, because he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, uh, do you hear his words today? Do you hear what he said today? Let's not be like those who leave wondering what Jesus wants us to do in life. He's already told us what to do. You are already more in the will of God than you give yourself credit. You are right where God needs you today. You are right in the place where God needs you most today. Providence, the providential hand of God, has prepared you and positioned you right where you are. You are the very best to do what God wants done right where you are. And I can guarantee you it's going to be 
something that includes being merciful, being meek, you know, uh, being a peacemaker, being the light of the world, being the salt of the earth. You know, it's going to be being a light right where you are, not like others, but like Jesus right where you are. Don't, don't get sad that you aren't seeing any progress. Jesus, if he'd let that happen to him, he'd have just gone on back to heaven day one. He'd have quit. Don't quit. Keep being a light. It's not time to quit. It's, it's time to be the salt and the light. It's, it's time to get some joy in your heart, some peace in your heart, and, and a smile on your face. It's time for us to do the will of God right where we are. And the will of God is not hard. You will be blessed by God right where you are. God will increase you. God will bless you. And he will bless you to make you a blessing. That's the message of God. That's the message. You might say it's not easy, Pastor. Well, let me tell you, it's, it's not. I agree. It's not. You know, we are still in the first coming of Christ. What does that mean? You know... Even the disciples did not understand this. The disciples expected that when Messiah came, that he would set up his kingdom on the earth. He would destroy all their enemies, and they would live as kings and rule and reign. They were perplexed when he was crucified. They were afraid because what they believed didn't happen. The Jews refused to receive Jesus as Messiah because he suffered and died. And that was not the picture of their Messiah for them. Their Messiah was so tough, he didn't put up with anything from anybody. Fire went out of his mouth. As the prophets would say, he could slay the dragons. And, and uh, you know, I mean, you know, their picture of Jesus is the same picture we have at his second coming okay by the way that hadn't happened yet they failed to appreciate the suffering servant that Messiah would first be the price that he would pay to see souls saved they failed to appreciate it, and they failed to embrace the suffering servant. Well, let me give you some news. Maybe this will help correct your doctrine a little bit. Jesus was as much the King of kings and Lord of lords he was the full Son of God, full of all power and all glory and all majesty when He was on the earth. But He came first as a willing, suffering servant. He was spit upon and He was persecuted. Ultimately, He was crucified. We must appreciate. We must find the will of God in appreciating the suffering servant. He died on the cross of Calvary. He was resurrected the third day so that He could cleanse our lives 
And so that we could receive as he went to heaven, he said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit back to you. He came as a suffering servant to pay for our sins so that we could be cleansed and filled with the power of God and could be His body in the earth so that we could continue His ministry to bring the lost to Christ in a world that is hurting, in a world that is horrible, in a world that is, that is overwhelmed with evil. We cannot complain that we have been called to continue the work of this suffering servant. We are still in the first coming of Christ. When he comes a second time, it will be all about us. Mansions in glory and no more sickness and no more pain, no more worry, no more problems, no more demons, no more devils, no more evil. Praise God. But in this day, we are fighting to see souls saved, and it may cost us. We are in the first coming of Christ presently. And we cannot shrink back from the suffering servant that he gave us an example of. We must not get sad and quit because we don't have a mansion today. Because somehow, you know, we're battling sickness as he did. And commanding it by the power of the resurrection to bow its knee to the name of Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't let persecution stop you. Get happy. Get excited. Amen. These three points, uh, uh, you know, God bless you. God bless you when you're meek. God bless you when you're merciful. God bless you when you're a peacemaker. You know, <laughs> Uh, get very excited whenever other people are, 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 not, are not necessarily happy with you being so happy. But you can make a difference. Be the salt. Be the light. You can do this. Amen? Amen. Well, that's what Jesus said. I hope you don't leave here believing anything else. This morning... For those of you online and for those of you on campus, let's pray right now and let's ask God to share that same resurrection power with us. He saved us so that he could fill us, so that he could use us, so that we can see the lost come to Christ. It is still his primary goal. It is still the number one thing that he wants. He wants us to be salt and light merciful and kind peacemakers he wants us not to quit go ahead and read the rest of matthew 5 6 and 7 see what else he wants it's a good sermon it's a long one but it's a good one Amen. and don't be one of those that says i read it but no it's jesus trying to pastor us today Amen. let's pray and seal this word in our hearts father lord help us god to just keep it simple lord God bless us, Lord, that 
we might, Father, just, just be that kind representation, Lord, of, of your will and your joy, Lord. And, and God, if we really want to be blessed, Lord, then we may need to find, uh, like Jesus said, a place, Lord, where we can be peacemakers, Lord. A place, God, where we can care about others, Lord. The, the, the broken heart that you have for the world, Lord, that we could take that upon us, almighty God, Lord. That we might be a humble people before you, Lord. And God, that we might just love others, love our enemies, Lord. And, and God, forgive, Lord. And all the things, God, that, 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 that Jesus said in his sermon, Lord, that we could do that, God. Lord, we receive it. We believe it. We receive it, God. Lord, teach us, Father, Lord, how to make a difference every day, Lord. In our families, Lord, bless our families, God. I just speak healing, Lord, to every person, God. Healing in their families, Lord. Healing in their hearts or minds, God. Lord, that their hope, God. I pray, Father, Lord, that you would lift us up above the shadows of this world, Lord. And may we just try it again. Try it again, Lord. Help us. Give us the strength, Lord, to do it again, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for another powerful message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.